0: Come up, Miss Barry, if he wants to come up. Some of y'all have never met. Would y'all come? Y'all give them a big hand when they come. We are just getting to know Miss Susie, Miss Barry, and we, we we like them, and they've been uh, so much. And uh, you've been here two, three times, right? And uh, and they're Karris graduates, and we're and heavily involved in what they're doing uh, here uh, at the Healing University. And so we've been Michelle and I are really excited to have. Uh, I just believe it's the Holy Ghost connection. Absolutely. We, we really believe that. And I was telling, uh, I was telling uh, the students here tonight, I says, really, this is the answer to my prayer because I'm a Rama graduate, and, and I'm glad that I am. And That's exactly what God told me to do. But I saw some things about 10, 11 years ago that I hadn't saw before. And then I had to admit, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh, it looks like I'm living in about four covenants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <what> <laughs> well, some of y'all are living in Six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you thought there was just two, didn't you? <laughs> People make other ones <laughs> yeah, that, that you didn't even know about. But uh, but we we, we we were slow. We were slow in getting there, but thank God we're getting there. So I told myself, we've never had anyone from Kyrus ever come speak of this. So the, so it's going to break new ground here tonight. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So uh, here's what we're going to do. Now, y'all are all still in school, right? You're still students. What? Fixing to graduate. So you're going to go do whatever God's got for you, you know, and God needs people in the business place. He needs them places like this. He needs them traveling. He needs them in youth. He needs them in children. But to, since they're on the road tonight preaching, how many drove over 15 minutes to get here? How many drove uh, 30 minutes or more to get here? How many drove over 50 miles to get here? How many drove about 100 miles to get here? So, see, some people can be really serious. Now, <clears throat> it's a little bit farther to Colorado. Yeah. I looked it up. It's around 1,300-something miles. So, yeah, you, you got to start off a little bit faster. So, we're just going to pretend like they've already graduated from Karis, okay? Because yep. they're about to in here, right? This is how we're going to do this thing. Because if we can just take off tonight, then we won't have to spend the wheels going anywhere. So... They have already graduated from Caris and they've been out traveling into ministry now. This is, I mean, they're they're traveling ministers, and they have been here. They're our guests like five or six times. They're our favorite people, and, you know, that we ha- we want to have every year. So what we're doing is we're just saying, welcome back home. We can't wait to see what y'all gonna do this time, <laughs> because we decided we as a church decided that we already like y'all. So if y'all like us, we're, we're we're okay. Okay, are we okay with that? So everybody say, welcome back, welcome home. Amen. So will you tell us who everybody is and what we're going to do here, and we'll get started.
1: I sure will. Praise God. Praise God. Isn't it just wonderful to be in the presence of God and his people? I tell you, don't ever forsake being together because it's so important. Relationships with each other, relationship with God, it's just, it's what it's all about. Um, Praise God. Well, um, we have a team, awesome team. There's 15 students that actually came from Colorado and three leaders, they brought, sent three leaders. Um, but because of different areas that wanted us to come and different things, we had to split up. So we've got the cream of the crop right here. <laughs> this is our team tonight. And so uh, last night we had all fifteen at Healing School, and it was an amazing night. We had um, actually have already had some testimonies come in um, of some healings that took place. So it's uh, it's just an, it's been an exciting week. Uh, this is kind of a new adventure for Nations Arise, and it's also you know to host teams from Keris, although most of us are Keris graduates we this is just a new area for us and so God has just laid it out we've only, we're only two days in but I'm telling you God's hand has been on every single thing we've done so far and I know it's just going to escalate as the week goes on but they've got a fantastic message for you tonight. So we'll start out Miss Missy is going to um, bring a word for us. And I know y'all um, have prepared your hearts, and you're going to receive tonight the engrafted word of God that is able to save your soul. Praise God. So, Missy,
0: we're going to be live tonight on Facebook because we are. And so, uh, are we live now? Well, good evening. Welcome to Grace Life Church, and we're going to have a big here, a big time here tonight. We're having a special guest from Caris Bible College and. In Colorado, they're going to be speaking and sharing the Word of God. You're going to enjoy this so much. And uh, I don't know who all is watching, but I do know that Pastor Sunday Gar, Joe, is watching. We founded uh, found the church last year uh, in, in uh, West Liberia, Africa. And uh, he's six hours ahead, so it's about 1 o'clock in the morning. So he bought what he calls enough data on his phone to watch this. He wants to stay up and watch the whole thing from Africa live. So it's, it's 1 o'clock in the morning there or so. So, come on, Miss Bishop, don't pay no attention to that. Just do what you're going to do.
2: All right.
0: So, it's just this plus about 50,000, but no pressure at all.
2: None at all. Yeah. I'm so glad to be here tonight. This is such a privilege, and I'll tell you, for me, um, it's quite a surprise. I didn't expect this. I thought this was a tiny little country church with 10 people, and I was like practicing. I didn't know that I was going to have all these people, but one thing that i know is that the same holy spirit that is in me is in all of us yes. and we're all one body no god is no respecter of persons and i do know that um he called me to Keris and he called me and assigned me to this specific team for this specific night to be here with you guys so i am i fully trust him tonight to take over and to give the word that he wants you guys to hear tonight through me i'm the messenger it's his word, and his word is living and active. It's always working in our lives. The good news is it never grows stale. It never grows old. The world's way grows old. It's like real old. It's like, I'm over it. Like, get over it. Wake up. Get woke kind of thing, you know? Yeah, like God's kind of woke is what I'm talking about. Yeah, let's wake up to the truth and allow the Holy Spirit to just refresh us tonight is my prayer. So um, if you don't mind, can I open in prayer? Holy Spirit, I am so thankful that... This life is about you because you make life worth living. God, it would be a sad thing if we were all there was and that everything was about us, God. That would be so depressing. But because we have the Holy Spirit living in us, Father, we have all the hope that we need. And a hope beyond a hope, a hope that extends to eternity forever with you one day. We have so much to look forward to on the way to where we're going, Father. This is not our home. We are citizens of heaven and tonight lord jesus i just give you permission father to use this mouth use these lips use these hands father to deliver message to these people tonight let it be encouraging let them walk out different more encouraged than when they came in lord maybe tonight there's someone who's been praying for specific word oh god flow through me and Josh and Catherine tonight. God, speak to our spirits. Let us be one and co-partner with you tonight to encourage your people and God to understand the grace message and the hope that we have because of the grace of God, not of works, nothing we could ever do, Father, simply because of your grace and your goodness, so undeserved. God, so much love that you've lavished on us to do this for us. So have your way tonight, Father. I pray, I set me aside, you anoint my words, you bring the message. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay. <clears throat> so as I was um, back home in Colorado, well, well, first of all, my name is Missy, and I am from South Carolina originally. been there all my life, and a um, year and a half ago, literally out of the blue, God told me to go to Karis Bible College. I've been listening to Andrew for years. Um, would listen to him on TV, I always loved him really read a lot of his books, he was just as you most of you know, it, it'll change your life when you get a hold of this message, you're not the same, it's like where have you been all my life, you know, why didn't I know about you at birth, you know, I mean like from out of the womb, why did I not hear about this message, so it was life changing it helped me through some very difficult times in my life um, and then, uh, but I had no idea at all whatsoever that God would ever call me to Colorado to attend Karis, but he did one day uh, right before COVID hit, actually, um, and I had been praying three specific prayers. I just I just knew there was more. Um, for my life, and then um, I prayed that God, I said, Lord, um, I just feel like there's more, there's so much more to know and learn that I just haven't gotten hold of. I want you, Lord, to to take every lie that I've ever believed, doctrinally, or in, from life's experiences, we set up lies in our mind, right? I'm like, tear these lies down, Father, and replace them with truth. I just want the truth about every area, every subject there is to learn, give me truth. And then I prayed that he would replace and remove any cracked bricks from my foundation and make it solid so when the storms of life I could stand firm, you know. Um, And when I started praying these prayers, within three months of, and I was earnestly praying because I was starving for for truth and just to what he all that he had, you know. And he plainly called me to get up and come to Colorado. It was a very big deal. It was a leap of faith. Um, I just did it and jumped in the water. And I'm telling you, it's been one of the absolutely best experiences in my life. Um, So going to Caris is has been worth it and i would just say to you in any year of your life if you know god's calling you to do it just don't even question it just do it he's got good things in store for you so um, as i was preparing the message for grace life tonight i was like holy spirit i tracy our one of our leaders they wanted an outline of the message i'm like i can't do an outline until god downloads to me I can't, i'm not gonna make something up i don't know what these people need to hear i'm not the holy spirit so through much patience you know i'm like lord what what do these people need tonight what do they need to hear you know so the message the subject that he gave to me tonight was hope okay hope yeah Um, and hope is so important we read the scripture we all know first corinthians 13 um, faith hope and love right but sometimes we skip over hope we we talk about faith all the time love is of course a number one thing we understand that but sometimes we skip over the importance of hope and hope is important so I titled this message help me I can't see okay Amen. so my goal tonight is to help you understand the power of hope and how to have it when I was looking up a, a non-biblical definition out of the dictionary of the word hope Merriam-Webster said <clears throat> to expect with confidence pretty simple huh to expect with confidence okay, okay. that's the Merriam-Webster one, one of their many definitions The thing that God brought to my mind about hope is something I think that we can all relate to. Um, A lot of times we start out with hope, right? We have hope. We just decide this thing has been birthed, and we have hope. We've decided this is what we want. And oftentimes what we want and what is being birthed in us is the Lord's heart and desire for you. It is his will, right? And we start building up this hope. But over time, when we don't see this thing come to pass, right, we lose that hope. that We begin to lose hope and lose sight. We lose confidence that what we are believing in will come to pass. Merriam-Webster said to expect with confidence, but over time we lose that confidence that we start with, right? So I want to look at some things in the Bible concerning hope. If you want to turn to Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 1. Very familiar passage. We're all We've all heard this before. Um, okay, I'm a note here. So, the King James version. Um, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Okay, I don't know about you guys, but in some some people are King James Nazis. But I have found that in <laughs> Don't know how else to say that, but they are, there's like, there's no other Bible, King James is it, right? I have found, yeah, Jesus, oh, oh yeah, that one too, Jesus used it, right? We all know, he used the King James, right? He wrote that, right? Thou shalt have no other version, but King James is a commandment, number 11. <laughs> Okay, well, I have found in my studies it's very helpful to cross-reference other, other versions. Um, you could get, get gain a lot of meat from different versions and compare. And So anyway, uh, the New Living Translation of that verse, which isn't a whole lot different, but it's a, it's a little, maybe um, shows a little bit deeper. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Okay. So, the the coolest thing, the coolest revelation that I've had about this verse is, and, and you gotta, if God has showed you this revelation, just, that's okay, but if he, I, I pray that you get this with me, it's, it's simple, but yet profound, but hope is a prerequisite to faith, okay? Hope sees the thing, faith lays hold of it, okay? So, The thing about us Christians, um, (laughs) we tend to walk around talking faith in God, right? It's our Christianese language. Oh, I have faith in God. Um, But the reality is, if you don't have true, genuine um, hope that comes only from God, you can't activate your faith. It's impossible. You can't jump over hope and go to faith. You got to have hope first, right? So what does it mean to hope in God? You know, we we say that a lot. We say, my hope is in God, my hope is in God, right? But what I'm hoping to do tonight is just to kind of bring it down to real practical terms. I'm referring to a practical real hope in your everyday life because the truth is to make it in this life every day, we have to have hope. People walking around today on the streets, on the corner with the signs holding up, people in the rehab centers, they've lost hope. In everyday life is gone they don't have hope so it's really important number one for us to realize what hope is for us to make a conscientious effort to see to it we walk in hope and we not, never faint from it and it's important that we share hope with others because that's going to activate their faith too if you bring them back hope right that person standing on the street if you get a revelation of hope and take that to them it could turn their life around and 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 take that key and unlock that faith that they need okay um and just to get just to bring it home a little bit personally just to get personal with you guys in the room you know when i was thinking about things that we lose hope hope in right i don't i don't know any of you i know these two ladies barely I know these two pretty good but outside of that but God knows each and every one of you like right now he's so into your lives he's so into what's going on with you right now um and I just I just want to run some things by you when we talk about losing hope how many of you in this room maybe one of the things you've been hoping and praying for maybe you've got a prodigal son or daughter that you've been praying for years to come to the Lord and you're kind of like it's almost like you're numb now because it just isn't happening You may not even see changes and you've been praying. You've got grandma and grandpa praying. You've got the church praying. It just isn't happening. Maybe somebody in this room tonight has been diagnosed with a terminal illness or have a loved one that's been diagnosed with a terminal illness, and you're really losing hope because they're still sick or you're still sick. We haven't seen it yet, right? We're losing hope. I mean, we're trying. We're claiming all the scriptures. I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. healed. But deep down in your heart, you're just kind of getting a little bit, like, discouraged. You you want to say, Lord, are you real? Are you there? You know, is this really going to happen, right? Um, other thing that God brought to my mind was, um, a lot of us are hoping that the pain of consequences from a past mistake would go away. The one thing that God brought to my mind, and I don't, I don't know if anybody in here has experienced this. If you haven't, you probably know who's someone who does, but I work for a crisis pregnancy center, and I'm going to tell you, abortion has a huge consequence, it's something you can't reverse, and people live with those consequences for years, and maybe you know someone, maybe yourself in this room has made that way back in the past, you're just hoping deep down that one day this pain of the consequence would go away, right, so these are all, um, you know, the real hope I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the flighty hope of, oh, I hope it doesn't rain today, or, I hope my team wins right that's a whole different kind of hope the whole different kind of hope that's not what i'm referring to we're talking real life hope okay um i right here just want to insert to you um a story real quick of my personal testimony about hope and then we'll get a little bit deeper into some scripture but i um so i i went through a divorce and I, i had two two children two sons and um, going through this divorce, um, by the way, let me just say, I'm still saved and going to heaven. Yes. <laughs> yes, I got a divorce, but God loves me. I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. I just want to make that straight with you right now. <laughs> just feel like I need to insert that God still loves me. Okay. God actually loves him too, right? <laughs> so anyway, just a little humor there. So anyway, um, it's, of course, needless to say, this was hard on my two sons, and uh, there were... Initially, maybe seven and nine at the time. It was very difficult for them. Well, I had two completely opposite sons. One was skinny jeans and fog machines, and the other was t-shirt and boots and cowboy hat. Nobody ever believed they were totally related, but they were. And just as they were different, they reacted differently to divorce, to, to the pain of, us going through this divorce um so it one the younger child ran to the church thank god he went to Bible college he really clung to mentors in the church but the other son went wild I mean he was a prodigal to the nth degree he um he went with his father into drugs and alcohol and just oh headed down the wrong road and I'm just going to tell you you're talking about ripping out a mother's heart I don't care who you are that will rip your heart out knowing that you've done all you can done, and I do and I you know I raised them in church I taught them God they heard me pray they knew the truth but this is how they dealt with their pain so anyway um I spent many many hours in tears and in prayers for my prodigal son and uh There were times I wanted to lose hope because I'm like, oh, no, this is too big. He's too far gone. But what I want to say to you is no, there's no such thing as too far gone. We serve a God who doesn't even allow that in his vocabulary because he's God, and he's good, and he is hope. There's always hope. And uh, so one day I just decided I was going to let him go. I was trying to hold on to him. I was trying to, you know, do everything I could to keep him home. He was only 16, and... Oh, it was a mess try to get the probation officer involved and then finally one day i just heard the lord say you're gonna let me you know let, are you gonna let me take this Are you gonna let me take the wheel here you're done with your part you did the best you could so <clears throat> i got on my knees before god one day and man i laid out across the floor with my bible and paper i soaked that paper in tears but the part that i want you to catch this testimony i think because it ties in so well to what god is telling me to share with you guys tonight When I was there praying for my son, I closed my eyes, and I got a visual. I visualized picking my son up and literally laying him at the foot of Jesus at the cross. And I had a vision, and I just thought, wow, you know, I've been trying to do this and haven't got anywhere, but what is God going to do? What is God going to do with my son? In that moment, I felt hope again. I was like... But what, what preceded that hope was that vision of laying my son at the cross and of seeing Jesus and knowing that he was going to do something one way or another. He was going to take care of this. So I let him go, and he, I, I gave him permission. Son, I love you. Here's your stuff. Go do whatever you want to do, and I let him go. And uh, so it's a long journey, but over time. I just got to tell you right now, my son came back. He went to live with my mom to get away from drugs. He was going to try to get a new life. Went out started a homeless ministry in the city he was living in, it, it, and it's a wonderful homeless ministry that he has now passed on because um, when well, he went back to school and got a degree because he had dropped out of school, he did that first, then he started a homeless ministry. He met my daughter-in-law, and they're now missionaries in the Middle East, ministering to Muslims. Yeah, yeah. Glory to God, right? So I just wanted to personally share that. I don't know if, hopefully, just you can feel that. And and like I said, the thing I want you to get is the vision that I had, seeing it in the spirit realm. So um, if you go back to Hebrews 11 and dig a little deeper, just explaining what faith is or what hope is, hope is basically seeing with your heart and mind's eye what God has promised you in his word and his personal revelations for your life, which always line up with his word. If you're believing for something in the word, it may not come to pass, and you probably don't want it to come to pass because it's probably not a good idea. So be sure what you're hearing lines up with the word to confirm, but I'm going to tell you what, if it's in his word and he's promised it, it's going to happen, but you have to do your part, you have to do your part, and that is seeing with that eye, that spiritual eye, Hope is like a confident expectation of something that God has for you to kind of tie that in with the other definition. It's confidence. You expect it and refuse to believe otherwise. You kind of put it the ball in God's court and say, now, this is what you said, so it's up to you because you are, you are true to your word. You know, you don't deviate from this. You promise this, right? Um, another, I think Andrew Womack had said this one time, that hope is, or I'm, uh, I think it was him. I'm not sure. But anyway, hope is the thermostat. It's like a thermostat for your faith. The higher, you know, that thermostat is of hope, the more you're going to activate your faith. Um, And one thing that is kind of powerful, if you think about it, did you know that everything in the natural came from the spiritual realm first? Everything here was first where? In the spirit, right? There's nothing new under the sun here. Because God is a spirit. God said, let there be, and there was. And he's a spirit, right? So what this means for us is that we have to see into the spirit before we can appropriate faith to lay hold of it in the natural. We have to. We cannot skip that step. How do we get this kind of hope? Romans chapter 8. Chapter 8 verses 23 to 25 says this not only that but we ourselves who have the spirit as the first fruits we also groan within ourselves eagerly waiting for adoption the redemption of our bodies now in this hope we were saved but hope that is seen is not hope because who hopes for what he sees now if we hope for what we do not see we eagerly wait for it with patience Okay, so what I what I got out of this scripture, uh, verse 24 stands out because I'm speaking on hope. Now, in this hope, we know we were saved. Hope was required before you ever got saved, whether you realize it or not. Before you could get saved, you had to have hope that in believing and receiving the gospel message that one day you'll live eternally with the Lord. Yeah. It's strictly hope yeah. before receiving that message, correct? Right. It, raise your hand if anybody in here has seen with their physical, natural eye a world that is not suffering or in sin. Raise your hand because I want you to come up and speak real quick. <laughs> I want to hear about this. <laughs> I only dream about it, right? Um, you know. Or how many of you in here are sitting in your glorified body? Lord, I hope not. I'm expecting way better body on the other side. <laughs> right? But by faith, we know that day is coming because we have hope. We have hope that that day is coming, right? And that's the kind of hope, that sounds so like easy when you think of hope that way, but how do you apply that same kind of hope to terminal diagnosis? How do you apply it to a prodigal child? How do you apply it to all these other trials in life, right? Well, we've got to understand that we have to look through a different set of lenses. Going back to the title of my sermon, help me, I can't see, okay? We have to understand that um, it's not our physical eyes that we hope with. It's in our hearts and our minds. So we have to see it there first. Spiritual hope is over natural hope. If we have Christ, we have hope, period. He is our hope. He's the reason we have hope. First Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy 1.1, Paul says, he, he mentions in there, it's not the whole verse, but he says, Christ Jesus gives us hope, right? First Timothy 4.10. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle, for our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people. This is why we have hope today. We have a Savior, and this Savior is Jesus, and he cares about every area of your life where you have lost hope or are losing hope. I just want you to know tonight, I just feel like I can't be the only one in this room tonight, who has, you know, maybe is losing hope over a situation. I I have something I've been believing for for a long time, and I'm still waiting for it to come to pass, but I encourage myself in the Lord because I know his word is true, and I know that he brings hope. Um, God loves us so much. He even in proverbs 13 12 um, he said hope deferred makes the heart sick he understood the power of hope you know if you lose hope going back to the person on the street or in the the rehab centers man they've lost hope their heart's sick right but look at the other part of the verse but a dream fulfilled is a what tree of life right right a tree of life okay let me ask a question where do we dream from what part of our being dreams right it's it's with it's not with our natural eyes that we dream it's with the eyes of our heart and mind or our imagination God gives us, Andrew has a whole lesson. God revolutionized his ministry because um, God told him that he was limiting him. And he took him on a whole journey about the power of imagination. And that's what I'm referring to really, hope and imagination kind of go together because you're using the same sense to see, right? It's a very powerful teaching. If you ever want to be encouraged about dreaming bigger and trusting God to do bigger things, you need to listen to that series, The Power of Imagination. It's extremely powerful. Okay? Um, Real quickly, I'd love to turn to uh, Genesis chapter 11, real quick. And we're going to read verses uh, 1 through 9 of Genesis chapter 11. This is the story of the Tower of Babel. And I'm. I'm sure that most everybody in here has heard the story, but let's read it together. I'm reading from the Tony Evans Study Bible, which is the Christian Standard Bible, okay? The whole earth had the same language and vocabulary. As people migrated from the east, they found a valley in the land of Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let us make oven-fired bricks. They used bricks for stone and asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the sky. Let us make a name for ourselves, otherwise we will be scattered throughout the earth. Then the Lord came down to look over the city and the tower that the humans were building. The Lord said, If they have begun to do this as one people, all having the same language, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse their language so they will not understand one another's speech. So from there, the Lord scattered them throughout the earth, and they stopped building the city. Therefore, it is called Babylon, for the Lord confused the language of the whole earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them throughout the earth. Go back to verse 6. The Lord said, if they have begun to do this as one people, all having the same language then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Y'all, this is God talking about humans. Okay? This is God. God realized the potential that lies in imagination, which is the co-partner to hope, right? So... I, I want you to understand God give, gave us imagination and the ability to see in the spirit realm for the purpose that we can have hope that his promises are true. And from that hope seen in the spirit realm, we can have faith to lay hold of our promises, right? God loves you so much. God loves you more than anything. Psalm 139, his thoughts of you are, of you are more than the sands on the seashore. That's a lot of thinking about somebody, right? That's, that's like, how is that possible, right? So he loves us, and he wants to give us hope against hope, okay? Um, Romans, uh, I'm going to read Romans 4.18 real quick to you, because it's um, a great passage. Okay, so Romans chapter 4, verse 18, this is um, about Abraham, and it says, He believed, hoping against hope, so that he became the father of many nations according to what had been spoken. So will your descendants be. You know what, I just have to do this right now, because when I was reading this, I feel like the Holy Spirit told me. I just want to tell you, Pastor Eric, um, I feel like you ha- God is so pleased with your obedience and willingness to not be afraid to go against the tide to follow him, and I just want you to know there, there may be some things in your heart, I, I don't know, God knows, but there's something in, even in your own life that you've been hoping for. And I just want you to know, it's coming to pass. Whatever it is that, and it's because of your obedience. You know, with Abraham, it, it, he had faith in God and, and he, because that he was righteous. God says the same about you. Your faith and your faithfulness to him is credited to you as righteousness. So you have salvation also on the other side of the cross. But I'm telling you, you hang on because it's coming to pass. You're going to see what you saw. A long time ago in the spirit realm it's going to come to pass i just i just felt like when i was reading that you needed to hear that whatever it is he wants you just to hang on because it's coming so let me read that again he believed hoping against hope that he became the father of many nations according to what had been spoken so will your descendants be um Another translation says, he hope, he, in hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told. So, so shall your offspring, offspring be. Abraham had hope in the spirit realm without any basis whatsoever for expecting fulfillment in the natural realm. That's powerful. That's what hope is. When there is absolutely no reason to believe. This is the time where people who don't have what we have just think you're an absolute nut. They think you have flipped your lip. You're believing for what? You're an idiot. You know, they, have, they don't understand this kind of hope and vision. You know, they don't have this kind of relationship to see how the Father speaks and puts dreams and visions in our heart. That's hope against hope. And, you know, we just have to look at those people and shake our head and say, just wait and see. Just Hey, the rain's coming. It's coming. This boat is not in vain. It's coming. I have hope, right? So, this is the kind of hope. <laughs> this is the kind of hope. Yeah, exactly. This is the kind of hope I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Paul had a revelation of that. I, i know you guys have heard ephesians 1 8 prayer where he prayed um that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened to know the hope of their calling another translation uh, translation of that says he prayed their heart would be flooded with light so they could understand the confident hope there again he wasn't referring to does our heart have eyes our physical heart have eyes No, what eyes was he talking about? The eyes of the spirit. Be open to see into the spirit realm and find that hope. He's talking about in our minds. We have to see into the spirit realm with our heart and mind's eye. Um, And I know that you, you guys know this, but it's still a good reminder about, you know, why sometimes do we as Christians lose hope? You know, we know, but why do we lose hope? Well, because John 10.10, there's an enemy who's come to steal, kill, and destroy everything, including our hope, right? He just wants to take it all. He wants to take all of our hope from us. He wants us to be without hope because that steals our quality of life. That steals our destiny and our callings, right? He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy our hope. Um, But I just want to tell you the other side of that. Jesus came to give abundant life. Abundant life includes hope in his word and his promises to you tonight, okay? Abraham knew this kind of hope. He believed in the Romans four seventeen God who gives life to the dead and calls things into existence that do not exist. And that's what we do. That's our legacy. We actually have the authority to do that, right? We totally can do this. If God says it, then we we, you know, believe, and then we lay hold to those promises. Um, one of my favorite scriptures, I love this, because Isaiah forty nine twenty three promises that those who put their hope in God will not be put to shame. And that's really hard to do. In a world like we live in today, man, it's hard to stand up because people want to shame you, make you feel like you're crazy, right? But, no, God says, he promises, hey, If you put your hope in me, I promise you will not, in the end, be put to shame. They may shame you, but you're not going to be put. You're not going down in shame. You will not. He he is going to bring it, bring it to pass. And so today, I just, I just really wanted to come and speak a life um, over you guys, life to any dying hope. Hope comes when we hear the word. Um, I want to prophesy to your dead dreams and hopes tonight and tell you that God's word is truth. It's true. His promises are yes and amen. I want to encourage you, do not faint with your promises. Hold fast to that hope. Um, Co-partner with God and his word and see before you see. See it there and get a revelation of it and it's sure to come to pass, right? God is good and he's faithful. Um, So see into the spirit realm um, and remove those fogged up natural lenses <laughs> you yeah, know that's you know we, the distractions and cares of this world fog our, our, our vision up our spiritual vision we start out good and then all these cares and this wait time that we have and things happen we get this fog and we can't see into that realm um, and I just want to speak life to your situation so you can clear clear up the fog a little bit you know and see again into the spirit realm be refreshed and encouraged and renewed Um, And then before I close, there was a story that I read. It was actually in my study Bible. And I just thought um, it just fits so well with what I'm trying to. And You guys may have heard this story before, but it's kind of a summary. Uh, There was a story reported several several years ago about 33 miners. Um, Do y'all remember this story, the 33 miners that... uh, They fell 2,000 feet underground, okay? Um, Yeah, they were trapped more than 2,000 feet underground. I don't know about you, but I tried picturing that. That would just, like, oh, that would be horrible. I mean, I don't like the dark anyway. In a dark room, let alone, I don't need a nightlight still, y'all. I mean, even at my age, I like a nightlight. I don't like the dark. And uh, I just can't imagine how hopeless that would be. You would think, okay, this, you know that's how i'm gonna die i'm gonna die under the ground and this is it um and maybe tonight there's some of you here and you're not physically in that pit like these miners but spiritually financially relationally emotionally you're in a pit it's dark and you're like just like barely holding on to hope it's like god i can't do this anymore where are you um after some time the location was identified for these miners and rescue workers were able to lower essential items through a tube into the deep dark pit this provided hope for the miners that someone from above was doing all they could do to reach them and deliver them from their pit right how powerful is that i mean we're in a deep dark pit but there's somebody extending a tube of hope saying, I got you. Take this. So they were lowering the necessities to keep them alive the whole time, you know, like water and food and toiletries or whatever, whatever's needed down in that deep tarp, but food and water for sure. I don't know about the rest, but in the same way, somebody's up above guys, lowering to us every single thing we need to sustain us through this time through these pits. And I don't care who you are. If you've got breath in your lungs, you've either been in a pit or you're on your way to a pit. You don't escape pits, especially if you're a Christian. You're going to get in a pit. So, if it hasn't happened yet, hang on to this story. Just visualize that God is extending straight from above everything you need to sustain you, okay? And to give you the hope that you need. Um, So, um yeah so that gave them hope the story ended with everyone being successfully brought to the surface surface and surviving one miner reported we always knew we would be rescued we never lost faith i mean that's that's great i mean i'm glad to know somebody in there felt that i'm not sure i would have but that's awesome and then another man this was really cool another man said that there were not 33 people down in that pit there were 34 god was with them the whole time so we can use that for ourselves we're not alone we are not alone we can have our pity parties and think we're the only one in the universe that has any problems that has anything going on any prayers not being answered right we can but we're wrong there's a fourth man in our fire there is a god is with us we are not alone we i want you guys to have hope today and know that god loves you he sees you he knows you he's with you he has not forgotten his promises and um i just want to challenge you today to See before you see, see into the spirit realm and and laid hold of those promises from God for your life today. Um, Yeah, so um, Genesis 420, I want to end with that verse. Um, It says, he, talking about Abraham, did not waver in unbelief of God's promise, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Let let me read that one more time. This is powerful. What a powerful verse. Listen to this. He did not waver in unbelief at God's promise, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Insert your name in there. John, Jesse, Joe, Missy did not waver in unbelief at God's promise for, name it, whatever your promises are, but she, he was strengthened in faith, and did what? Gave glory to God, okay? That's where the real breakthrough comes. When God looks at you and sees in the middle of all this that you're gonna give glory, and you're not gonna waver, that's hope, that's the kind of hope he really responds to. That's what he's looking for in us, so. So tonight, I, I, um, you know, maybe you're here, you need an encounter with the God of hope, Maybe you've lost hope tonight. Maybe there's something you've been going through and you're struggling deep inside. I'll tell you, I grew up in church, and um, I came to church and sat on the pews. I got into my college age years and then young adulthood. You know, church was something that we did. We come to church because we're supposed to go to church. But I just know we can dress up in our Sunday best and sit on a pew and still be dying inside. I don't care who you are. You know, everybody looks so great tonight. Y'all look amazing. Wonderful group of people. But I'd be willing to bet somebody in here deep down is hurting because they've lost hope over something. Something is going on in your life. And you almost feel like, I'm about ready to quit. I just want to give up. I mean, I'm just tired of this. I'm tired of begging. I'm tired of seeing everybody else get their miracles and me not get mine, right? Or whatever. Let me just speak life let me speak hope over you tonight. Let me just tell you, rise up, man and daughter, or man and woman of God. Rise up and just know that the same God, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Alpha, Omega, beginning and end, never changes. He is faithful. Consider Abraham and Sarah, 90 years old, 100, whatever, over 90. Um, he's that same God in your life today. So I don't want you to leave here tonight. If you are not feeling hope tonight, it's going to be your own fault if you walk through those doors without hope, because the message brings hope. You got to receive it. So. If you're here tonight, admit to God where you've believed the lie of the enemy, there's no hope, or that you can't have hope because you haven't seen in the natural, because that's not what hope is. Ask God to forgive you and restore that hope in his promise to eliminate his word and truth into those areas of your life so that you can lay hold to that faith that brings his word to pass in your life. Okay? Hallelujah. So I'm going to pray, and then um, I want to go ahead. Josh over here is going to come up and share a testimony that I believe is really going to wrap things up and hit home with you guys. And then when it's over, we would love the three of us to stand up here and be here to pray if there's anything you want prayer about, um, and just allow the Holy Spirit to do a work, that any work that needs to be done here tonight. So... Um, But I'm going to pray, and I'm going to let Josh come and let the Lord lead him and share his testimony, and then we'll be here to pray and minister, okay? Oh, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're so awesome in this place. God, we just worship you right now. Lord, we just give you glory. You are the God of hope. Forgive us. Forgive us where we allow ourselves so much self-pity and forget who we serve. Such a mighty God. The God who shut the lion's mouths and parted the Red Sea and walked on water and God, all these things. You're the same God and you're going to do it for us today. Oh God, you're going to do it. God, I just pray for anyone in this room tonight, Lord, who... is facing what seems like an impossible situation, Lord. Lord, maybe there's somebody here tonight who is facing infertility, Lord. Maybe they've been believing for a child and it isn't coming to pass. I speak life into this situation right now and declare that a baby will come. If God said there's going to be a baby, there's going to be a baby. Lord, if there's somewhere someone here tonight who's dealing with a terminal diagnosis i speak the word of the lord that he sent his word to heal us and we're healed father lord we receive your diagnosis the word is our diagnosis the word is our medicine hope against all hope god that healing is here healing and hope will arise today in your children it just will father god Lord, we trust in you and in you alone because you're so mighty and powerful. Lord, just be glorified. And, Lord, I pray that every person walks out of here tonight full of hope. Thank you for renewing my hope just by speaking the word. I have hope, Lord. I know you're going to bring it to pass, and I'm not going to give up because you're, you're a faithful Lord. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Josh.
3: Um, Can y'all receive that word from Missy? Yes. If you can receive it, say, I receive it. Come on. It's that simple. You're just taking it into your spirit, all those words. Anytime I'm hearing something from God, I just say, Lord, put this in my spirit. So if she's speaking to you tonight, just receive that into your spirit. And the Holy Spirit brings that back up. He's our very present help in time of need. So, amen. All right. My name is Joshua Snellgrove. I'm from Plainview, Texas. That's in between Lubbock and Amarillo, up there in the Panhandle. So we have a lot of cotton farms. So my granddad was a cotton farmer, and uh, my dad's a preacher. So there you go. There's two. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm very grateful for, for those two men in my life. Um, come on, we need strong men. And, uh, yes. So, yeah, I guess I'll just get right into this. As soon as I walked into this building, uh, it just reminded me of when I was this big. So um, this is a lot like what I grew up in. And it was places just like this. I mean, the building's kept with excellence. So, I mean, I, I mean, you know, judge a restroom. <laughs> that restroom's clean, so thank you. You're doing... So you're being diligent, Pastor Eric. And then as soon as... as, soon as and then I got to talk to you a little bit, um, Pastor Eric, just before we started this whole service. And before, I didn't know... Who the I had no idea who you were. But um while I was walking around praying before I got or as I got here, um the Lord just reminded me of uh in 1 Samuel 14, um when Jonathan and his armor bearer are going up to it was just in Jonathan's heart to go whip those guys. And so um the armor bearer says to John, Jonathan proposes, and he says, Hey, let's go up here and let's let's take these guys. Maybe the Lord will be with us. And then the armor bearer says to him, do everything that is in your heart as you are inclined. And I'm with you all the way. So today, I'm asking all of y'all to be armor bearers too, Pastor Eric. Are you going to be willing to set aside your own vision to join with this man's vision that God's given him? And you're going to see exponential growth. Um, I'm not trying to brag or nothing like this, but this is so... This is such the origins that um, my church started, my dad's church. And he's, we're in a small little town. We run 1,000 people a Sunday. So, I mean, this has the beginnings, the heart. It doesn't matter. Everything you've been through was preparing your heart to get to this moment. So stand and do all that's in your heart. And I'm asking those who are going to stand beside you, stand up, be with him, get his back, and trust in the Lord. Because sometimes he's going to miss it. And sometimes he's going to mess it up. But you're going to trust, okay, Lord, you told me to serve this man. And trust that the Lord has your back. You're not, you are serving Pastor Eric, but you're serving the Lord. So serve faithfully. So that's kind of off the rails. That's not really what I planned to talk about, but it was so cool. It was so cool when I walked in here because it was like I was five years old again. So that was awesome. All right. And yeah, so... I was just going to piggyback off of kind of what Missy was saying because that was beautiful. You know, hope, biblical hope is a positive expectation of the goodness of God. But, you know, it's kind of just like she was saying, it's the in-between the spirit and the natural. So we've, I mean, everybody in here has experienced a loss of hope. And so when you experience that loss of hope, you go back to that, right? Like your first experience is what, You jump back to in your mind and so many times like we put our hope in worldly things and so then when the opportunity for hope to be downloaded back into us from the Holy Spirit comes up we are afraid to really receive that we've had bad experiences before but I'm telling you right now in Isaiah 49 those who hope In me, the Lord says, will not be disappointed. The NASB says those who hopefully wait for me will not be put to shame. When you see the word wait, hope, and trust, it's really, those three are pretty much, they're interchangeable throughout, you know, these translations. So, you know, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Those who hope in God, your strength's going to be renewed. So hold on to that promise. That's for somebody in here. But, uh, yeah, so... Hope is an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. That's Hebrews 16, 9. It's the conduit between our natural and what God has for you in the spiritual. So receive this hope. Receive that word that Missy had for you. you know, And receive the word that I've from the Lord for Pastor Eric. Do all that's in your heart. So um, that's pretty much it for us all. I don't have much time, but we're going to pray for you all. So I'm asking anybody that's struggling with hope. Would you come up here and receive prayer? Missy has such a revelation on this. So come on, somebody. This is cool. Missy's, (laughs) she's got this revelation. So if you need prayer tonight, there's breakthrough available for you. So we've got prayer ministers up here. We're going to just release hope into your heart. If we could maybe play a little bit of music. And we're just going to have like just some time of ministry. So thank you for having us. Thank you for inviting us into here. You know, we come, we come in the name of the Lord, you receive a prophet's reward. So be blessed, and I cannot wait to come back here and see what the Lord's doing. So thank you I'm gonna pray over us and then we'll start ministering. Lord, we thank you so much for these designated times, God. God, these appointed moments, God, in our lives that you have set up all over our life, Father. Let us be more sensitive to hear and receive what the Spirit is doing and saying in our lives. God, we thank you for this man, Pastor Eric, for the things, the sharpening, the the, um, trials, and the the things he's walked through in this life, God, that have brought him to a sharpening point, Father. I ask that you would send him an armor bearer who's going to be by his side to support him and to do all that is in his heart, Lord, because he's received it from your heart. So God, thank you for this church. Thank you that this message of grace and faith and hope is spreading all over Alabama. And Lord, there is new levels of revival. I know there's a brother over here who's from another part of this state and it's like kindling wood that's gonna be catching on fire. So Lord, thank you for establishing these men as plows into the ground that is gonna be ready and because right out there it says harvest. Come on, the workers are few, but the harvest is plentiful. Lord, let us be co-laborers with you. Let us be co-laborers with your spirit and what you want to do in the earth, God. God, begin to release the ministers, God. I pray for the ones that are in here. You're speaking to their hearts right now. Plant that seed, Lord. Just receive that. The Lord's got good plans for you. It's time to give it up. Thank you, Father. He's got good for you. When you know he's good, you know you can hope in him. So be faithful, be diligent, people who seek out the word. I thank you for this group of people, God. See their hearts and pour out your blessing on heaven, from heaven. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Here, come on up.